1: Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Lakers nation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Plenty to get into more rumors involving your Lakers. Unfortunately, nothing official done just yet on the trade front, but we do still have a lot to talk about today. Joining me is Matt, the optimist Peralta. Matt, how are you doing?
2: Hey Trevor, I'm doing well. If you're listening to this tomorrow, uh, happy first of the month. Still no happy Kyrie August. Irving trade. Yeah, happy August. Still no Kyrie. Yeah. Is yeah. it going
1: to happen? Will it before it turns to September? Will Kyrie be traded to the Lakers? Will Will it happen? we well, actually let, let's let's expand this. Will a Westbrook deal happen in the next month?
2: I'm not going to lie. My gut says no. I think this oh. comes down to the eleventh hour. Right before training camp, till things get serious. Oh, ouch! And that's yeah, that's again, the optimist perspective. That's,
1: that's, yeah, that's, that's not the optimistic. Fans are fans want it done now. Just do this thing, get it done, and and so we can start planning and plotting what this roster is going to look like next season. And uh, I know a lot of people are not enjoying the idea of a, a roster including Russell Westbrook for next season, but we've got plenty of time to talk about all that first. Um, before we get into any of our Lakers stuff. For today, I think it is important that we start out and we we note the passing of Bill Russell, NBA legend legend off the court as well. Yes, he was a Celtic, but let's face it, with with someone like this, the colors that he wore, the the team that he represented, it, he's bigger than than that. So there's no Lakers Celtics rivalry here or anything. Just uh, condolences to the fan to his family, of course, and. Um, you know, a lot of admiration for an, an incredible figure in this sport. And of course, out, off the floor as well.
2: Yeah. What a, what a shocking thing to really, you know, wake up to today. Mm-hmm. Um, really unfortunate. Like you said, it's not Celtics Lakers here. This is just appreciation for a great, great basketball player and a human being on and off the floor. Um, I don't think there are a lot of there, there's enough. There, I don't think there's enough words to really say what kind of loss this is for the NBA world and just really the world in general. So, um, condolences to the family. Rest in peace to Bill Russell. Um, yeah, really sad, uh, sad news today.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, we'll expect to see kinds of you know, tributes and things like that to Bill Russell once the NBA season gets going again. Particularly, of course, uh, from from the Boston Celtics. But uh, Matt over here in, in Lakerland, we've got a lot of stuff going on. A lot of people still talking trade and Mark Stein had a comment which I think this was he said something like this a couple of weeks ago so I think this Mm -hmm. is him just kind of rehashing this concept Julius Randall coming back to the Lakers in a Russell Westbrook trade post Donovan Mitchell trade now we've heard rumors that things have actually kind of stalled between the Knicks and the Jazz which the collective Mm -hmm. groan you heard across the country was (laughs) NBA fans everywhere just saying oh my gosh like no, like there's no Kyrie deal getting done. There's no Kevin Durant deal that stalled. Now, even Donovan and Mitchell to New York is stalling out. What is happening here? I still blame the Wolves and Rudy Gobert yep. in that trade. But in any event, according to Stein, once a Donovan Mitchell trade, assuming at some point it gets done, Randall to the Lakers could become a thing. And I just want to say, this is not a good idea. This, mm-hmm. And, and I, I like Julius Randle, but I want to get into the numbers a little bit and, and things like that. Like, there's some nostalgia here. There's some positive things we saw from Julius Randle, right? I mean, we think about the final season with Kobe Bryant and, and all that kind of stuff. Like, Randle was one of the young guys that, you know, the Lakers were hoping to build around from there. So there's some some fond memories of, of Julius Randle. Of course, he's gone on to do some incredible things in his career. Obviously, uh, you know, he has an all-star uh, nod there, but – I I just the more the deeper I dive into this, the less I think this is a smart move for for the Lakers. But nevertheless, Julius Randle, potentially an option and a Russell Westbrook swap for the Lakers. Matt, what's your initial thought on that? I maybe I'm being too
2: pessimistic. So let's get the optimistic here. (laughs) <laughs> i'm not sure if you're gonna get too much optimism for me out of the potential deal like this uh sure. julius randall you know part of the lakers young core a phrase that we echoed a lot during those you know downtrodden years in la um yes it would be cool to see him back in a lakers jersey i was personally a fan of him when he was still developing and finding his way in the nba with the purple and gold but um i think a lot of people when they hear julius randall's name they, they initially get excited because he has an all-star birth. he looked really good last season and you know Coming into this season, we thought, oh, can he replicate it? And it turns out the answer is a resounding no. Most of his numbers are down across the board. Um, and that's before you even start to get into his contract situation, which is why I'm extremely queasy about trading for him. Uh, Trevor, for 2022-2023, Randall makes $23.7 million. Okay, not bad. But then mm-hmm. you look at the rest of that deal, he has three extra years left. 2023-24, $25.6 mil. 24, 25, 27.5, 25, 26 player option for 24, 29 and
1: a half. Yep. Uh, Uh, I'm putting it up on the screen now for everybody to see what this contract actually looks like. mm -hmm. Um, God, player options just remain the worst, don't they? Great for the player. Great for the player. But from the fan side, for the team side... (laughs) They are they are the worst. Uh, yeah, the player option at the end of this is is not great. Uh, twenty three point seven million. Look, if Julius Randle goes back to his All Star year numbers, twenty three point seven million is fine. If he doesn't, it's it's a problem. Yep. I mean, this is look. If you were to tell me, forget about the contracts. Contracts thrown out the window. Next season, you can have Julius Randle on your roster or Russell Westbrook on your roster. Give me Julius Randle all day, every day. Absolutely. Give me, give me the younger player. We can question the fit on the floor alongside LeBron and AD, and we'll get to that stuff in a minute. But when you add in the contract, here's my problem. What if it doesn't work? And I don't think the Lakers gave enough thought to this before executing the, the Russell Westbrook trade. What if it doesn't work? Can mm-hmm. you fix it? Can, do you have enough flexibility to get out of it? And with the Russell Westbrook deal... The answer was pretty much no, and now we're kind of seeing that where it's extremely difficult to get out of this. If Randall does not work, let's say Randall just replicates his numbers from last year, and again, we'll get into those numbers in just a moment, there's no getting out of this. right? Like This, this contract is going to be very difficult to move. You have to believe, no, 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 you have to know that last year was an outlier and that Randall's shooting numbers are going to bounce back And he's going to look a lot better playing alongside LeBron and AD, because if they don't, the number of years remaining on this contract are a big, big problem.
2: Absolutely. And I I feel like it'd be a slap in the face to, to fans to hear that the Lakers are looking to clear or save cap space for 2023 and to just turn around and trade for a deal like this. Mm hmm. I, I just I don't feel good about that, especially when we've heard that the Lakers have been reluctant to trade for someone like Joe Harris, who only has one more year left on his deal right. after the season. I, to me, well, the thing why would
1: you why would you not go through a multiple years at Otto Porter? Why would you not go through a multiple yep. years at Bruce Brown? Why, why would you only give one year to Lonnie Walker? Then if you're going to turn around and do a move like this, there's no consistency there.
2: Right. And so you'd have to assume I'd, I'd assume at least two things. Right. One. The Lakers are incredibly high in Julius Randle and see them see him as a bigger, as a better and better fit, you know, next to LeBron and AD long term. Or two, uh, they think that if they trade for Randle, they'd be the ones getting draft compensation back, which I guess is another can of worms. Is do you do this deal if New York's the one giving you picks in this uh, scenario, or are you still is the basketball fit just not not great enough to where no amount of picks makes it worth it?
1: The non Lakers basketball world, from what I've seen is largely operating under the idea that no matter what is happening, no matter what is coming back, what the trade is, if Russell Westbrook is leaving the Lakers, two first-round picks have to be going with him, period. But again, there's a lot of Lakers haters out there, and I think that's a big part of that. I've seen a lot of Knicks fans, though, who are dead set convinced that in any trade that where they got Russell Westbrook, that they'd be getting the Lakers' first-round picks. I'm looking at this. I would rather have Russell Westbrook's contract, I think, than Randall's, even though I would rather have Randall the basketball player, Mm -hmm. just that much long-term salary and the flexibility that you don't have as a result of that is that's definitely a concern, particularly when you add in all the fit stuff and everything. So if you're getting picks back though, or let's just say even if it's neutral, whereas Mm -hmm. other deals would involve you sacrificing those first round picks and you could do this without including those picks, it becomes more interesting when you're stacking this up against other trades. But once again, if you're the Lakers, if you're Rob Palenka, if you're if you're Jeannie Boss, if you're the front office, you have to be 100% convinced before we even get into the fit stuff that Randall will bounce back, that his numbers will bounce back. Because let me get into some of this. And this, like, on the surface, the numbers are bad. Just when you look at his, at his counting stats, right? The numbers mm-hmm. are bad. He was, what, 41% from three – I'm sorry, 41% from the field – 41% from three
2: is amazing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that's what he was the previous season. Right. That's yeah. what he was the, the previous season was he was 41% from three. That dropped to 31%. So a 10% drop from three on the same attempts, 5.4 attempts. So that's high volume. Shot 41% from the field. So those are not good numbers, right? Forty For a big, 41%. They're not good numbers for anybody, but 41% from the field. from three. If you look at the previous season, 41% from three, 45% from the field, 46% really. But he was taking a lot of jump shots. There were points in his career, like his last season with the Lakers, he was shooting 56% from the field, but he wasn't really taking threes. He was taking half a three per game. All of his shots were at the rim. With the Knicks, he started to become more of a jump shooter. So, okay, you can can accept a little bit of a decline. And he was an all-star, shooting 46% and 41% from three, the rebounding, the assists. I think those are always going to be there. There's a lot of appeal with those stats from him. But once I started digging into it, the shooting numbers are even worse than it appears. When you hear 41% from the field, you hear 31% from three. You're like, okay, that's bad, but he's a really good rebounder. He can get you some assists out in transition, LeBron, AD, Randall together. That would be, that'd be pretty scary. But Cleaning the glass ranks players based on their position. So relative to his peers, last season, Julius Randle was in the sixth percentile he- in points scored per shot attempt. Sixth percentile relative to, to the to his peers at his possession, at his position. That is that is awful. Awful. Like Russell Westbrook was 30th percentile. We're We're talking about a big version of Russell Westbrook shooting the ball here. Actually, even maybe even a little bit worse compared to other players at his position when we're looking at what Julius Randall did to the Knicks last year. That should that alone, before even get into any of the rest, should be extremely worrisome.
2: Can I just say that um the idea of uh trading Russ's deal was to bring back shooters? I feel like this is the complete antithesis of that. Right. Why, why, why? I, I, I looked into the numbers a little bit before we hopped on here too. And, it, and it's not, it's not pretty for last season. Um, if you want to argue, it's just a down year. This is the outlier year. He's way better than this. I, I wouldn't fight you too hard on it, but sure. I, I mean, then you start to factor in what is, what does his fit look like next to LeBron and Anthony Davis, two guys who will presumably have the ball most of the time. Um, I think to me, Randall at this point in his career is effective only as an on-ball kind of guy, not, and he's not even particularly effective at that. But I think yeah. that's when he's his most effective. So push him off-ball and having him spotting up is not an ideal use of his skill set. I think, and um, yeah, the more the more we discuss this, I just I'm I'm very far off on this deal, and this is why again, if the Lakers were to somehow pull this deal, just assuming Brooklyn, Indiana, um, whoever else just falls off. Uh, I, I'm going to need a lot of draft equity to to justify this kind of move. Yeah, I think you're going to need more.
1: And let, we'll get into that here. If he was in the 15th percentile at his position, finishing at the rim, 50, and like he was, I thought he was a pretty good finisher at the rim before. But again, we're kind of talking about a big version of Russell Westbrook here. Now, again, I think you can make a legitimate argument that he's not really this bad. I agree. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I mm-hmm. think that if we look at this and we say that's who he is. I don't think that's great. I also don't think it's fair to say that he's the 41% shooter from three that he was during his all-star season. Sure. He's probably somewhere in the middle, but even so, you mentioned the fit. If you do this, if you bring in Julius Randle and the amount of money that you've committed to him, we've got that up on the screen. Aren't you then committing to Anthony Davis at the five for the majority of his minutes?
2: You have to. That's, that's kind of the only way this works, right? I mean mm-hmm. I mean do you just Darvin Ham toy around with ultra small ball lineups with Randall at the 5 when AD's off the floor maybe Th- that that could be an option I, but Randall <laughs> See, spent the
1: vast majority like over 90% I want to say like 96% of his minutes at the 4 with the Knicks last season
2: Sure. And, you know, that's Tibbs being a traditionalist, right? They always had someone like Mitchell Robinson on the floor, someone like, um, I know Jericho Sims got run at the end of the year. Taj Gibson was there also. They had a pretty crowded front court, so maybe it was by necessity. And which, you know, maybe that explains why Randall was pushed out to the perimeter so often was just because they didn't have four spacing bigs. Uh, On the Lakers, presumably, maybe he has more space to operate. Or maybe, again, like I mentioned, Darvin Ham gets more creative with how he utilizes him. But still, to me, I am... I'm I don't want to take that risk if I'm the Lakers really and the other thing too here is like we keep talking about the contract it's just if you're trading for Randall you're basically committing to this guy for at least the next couple years next to Anthony Davis um which I mean they
1: played together with the Pelicans sure
2: I mean yeah that's fine but that was four years ago I mean I I know you you the optimistic thing would be well it worked before he's presumably a better player now in theory it should work out but you know I don't I mean, like, how do you feel about that, Trevor? Do you think they replicate their success if this trade goes down?
1: No, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not optimistic about this kind of a move. I mm-hmm. don't see, uh, again, because I think you win and you added some pieces in Damian Jones in Thomas Bryant that suggest that you want to have that floor spacing five out there. And we don't even know for sure that Anthony Davis is a floor spacing five anymore. He shot 18% from three last season. If right. Julius Randle isn't a 35 plus percent three point shooter, those two guys can't be on the floor together, right? If, if they're both, let's say AD is 28% and Randall was what? 31% last season. Let's say Randall continues to be 31%. You can't really play them together. You're, maybe it works. Again, I think Randall is a better shooter than what we saw last season, but it, that would have to happen. You, there's no leeway. There's no room for error there. Mm-hmm. Randall would have to go back to being at least a 35% three-point shooter. Otherwise... You're toast when it comes to spacing. Trying to play Randall and AD together, and that's that's a challenge. That that's a big a big big challenge. It's a big bet to do that when you've got this many years on his contract. But that being said, Julius Randall at twenty three point seven million does not balance out Russell Westbrook at forty seven million. So, yep. Are there things that you would add from the Knicks side? We've got their salaries here in front of us that would make you feel a little bit better about doing this kind of a deal. Aside from you know, draft capital, we know the Knicks are going to have to give up a lot of stuff mm-hmm. in order to get Donovan Mitchell. Are there guys that you could see being put in? And if you say Evan Fournier... I, I'm going to throw up. Yeah, that, that that's just... No.
2: No, but I bet you the Knicks are going to counter with that because they're probably going to want to offload even more salary. And that's the salary they're going to want in there in order
1: to make the math work um you, mitchell robinson can't be traded
2: yeah i mean, I mean we're
1: talking about derrick rose
2: yeah probably derrick rose i i ron gutterman brought this up in our group chat emmanuel quickly that would be someone i'd absolutely want sure. in a deal um if i'm gonna Look take at that Brandon. players
1: players with team options what a yeah. concept Derek what a concept quickly how long has it been since the lakers have had a team option on somebody feels like forever it sure does. Or at least
2: a significant, team a significant option. player, not not like the second round picks, guys. Right? right? Um, yeah, I mean, just looking at the list, right? And like you have to consider too, what assets are they trying to keep in a Donovan Mitchell deal? Yep. Um, I mean, can you what? get
1: Cam Reddish?
2: Probably, I'd assume so, right? Because it sounds like to me the reports out of uh, the Knicks camp is that uh, Utah's asking for people like Quentin Grimes. That seems to be the the young player they really want. Right. He's off the books for the Lakers then, presumably. So then, yeah, you're looking at Fournier, Derek Rose, Cam Reddish, Emmanuel Quickly, probably. Those, those Obi
1: Toppin probably goes in the Mitchell deal.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, they probably try to... Utah probably asked for less picks if he's willing to pick up Obi Toppin. He seems to be untouchable in this deal, too. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, not, not great. Is, but, is there enough there between those players you mentioned? Derek Rose, who, I mean, he's 34 years old, but... I mean, between Cam Reddish, Emmanuel quickly, like, and again, I'm not expecting that. I think the Knicks will flip it around and say, "Well, you guys have to get rid of Russ, so we're not paying, you know, much here." Uh, And Randall's younger and was just an All Star, and he'll bounce back and all. I I think you'd have an interesting argument back and forth there. But is there any version of this if you included picks and some combination of? I I don't even want to talk Evan Fournier, but Derek Rose, Mm -hmm. Cam Reddish. Emmanuel, quickly, is there any realistic combination of those guys that would make you feel okay with doing that deal and taking on the long-term salary that Randall offers?
2: I kind of only want Derek Rose if we're consolidating THT and Kendrick Nunn into something else, like a shooter, because that was the other thing I wanted to bring up, was that you do this Randall deal. uh, The Lakers' whole idea with trading Russ was to trade for shooting. That's probably your biggest trade ship. That doesn't get you Miles Turner and Buddy Heald anymore, but... um, Say you trade for Randall, you absolutely need shooting. Otherwise, you are repeating basically last season's roster. Um, that That's a situation where I think Derrick Rose is interesting. If, you, if you've if you got another move lined up to move the two guards that I just mentioned for another shooter, presumably. Buddy mm-hmm. healed Eric Gordon. I don't know. Um, and then, yeah, I'd, I'd want at least one of Cam Reddish or manual quickly.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: You know, I think just to sum this up, when I look at this and I think about what are the pros, and I like Julius Randall. I know it sounds like I don't, but I really do like Julius Randall. I just don't think, again, if I could swap out Julius Randle for Russell Westbrook, if contracts are gone. I do it in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But this, the fit doesn't make sense with LeBron and AD to me, particularly with the goal, if the goal is indeed to move AD to the four, even if it's just half the time at the four. This doesn't fit with that type of agenda. Um, in terms of having him on the floor, the benefits, hey, if LeBron needs to take a game off or whatever, Randle can be that big physical bruising guy that can help you on the boards, can handle the ball a little bit. I understand that Randall LeBron AD is absolutely wet your pants. Terrifying in transition. If you're a defense and you've got those three guys coming at you, my God, I mean, that that's, that's the stuff on nightmares. But then when I step back and I think about it in order to sell someone on Randall to the Lakers working on the floor, it feels so similar to the arguments for why Russell Westbrook was going to work with the Lakers. And that is absolutely terrifying.
2: Well, think about it, right? That was the whole, I think that was our main selling point last offseason. Yep. Um, I mean, again, to your point, um, we said, wow, you know, Russell Westbrook can't really shoot, not a great defender, but boy, they, they get turnovers and get in transition. Russ grabbing the board, AD and LeBron, you know, LeBron on the wing, AD trailing, that's going to be super fun. But how often did we see that? One, and then two, when you think about it from a playoff perspective, when the pace slows down, how often do you have those opportunities? Um, I guess I'm just not entirely sold on my, uh, my three best players only being quite as effective in transition versus in half-court situations.
1: Speaking of which, the Knicks were pretty good in, in transition uh, based on their advanced metrics, but not good at actually getting into transition. So when they got in transition, they were good, but not good at getting into transition. Well, part of that, Julius Randle in the 11th percentile in block percentage and 30th percentile in steals percentage. He doesn't get either of those, so he doesn't force a lot of turnovers to allow you to get into transition, which would take advantage of having that kind of athleticism, size, strength, barreling down the floor with Randle, LeBron, and AD. So this, this deal to get Julius Randle, and it pains me because I'm a resident of Randall Island, it's the bottom of the barrel for me. It is, I would much rather I'd rather go do something with the Spurs, something with the Jazz, something with the Pacers. Of course, Kyrie Irving's the top of the list. This is my last ditch. Nothing else is working type of move. And even then, like if you if you had to choose between doing this or just keeping Russell Westbrook, what would you do? Oh God. And that those are <laughs> the only two options. There's no other way out of it. You either keep Russ. Or you bring in, let's say it's Randall and Derrick Rose and Cam Reddish.
2: I, I think I try my luck at moving Russ at the trade deadline. Yeah, so I probably walk into the season with him. Uh, but before we completely move off of this, I just to i am curious, Trevor. What what deal from the Knicks would you say yes to trading for Randall? realistically like don't just say all the picks like what what would you realistically it would
1: back? be uh, you know if you could get back okay so let's say let, let's think outside the box here a little bit step rule is causing some problems for the lakers right So mm-hmm. yep. where you've got you have potentially your 2024 or 2025 first round pick is gone which then denies you access to the 2026 first round pick to the 2028 first round pick Um, Oh, no, just the 2026 first-round pick. But the Stepien rule causes a lot of problems right now for the Lakers. If you could get a Knicks first in one of those seasons that you would lost a first in in order to reset the the math on the Stepien rule and therefore give you access to another first-round pick, I think that – like, they've got a 2023 first. 2024 could be gone – So just getting the Knicks 2024, I mean, it gives you an asset to trade, but if you were to get like a 2025 first from the Knicks, which then gives you access to the 2026 first round pick as well, maybe there's something you can do there. Getting some earlier picks because then you would have a first round pick, even if it's not your own, which then takes away that step in requirement. So. Maybe something like that. And again, I'd have to really sit down and look and figure out strategically when the best year to get that Knicks first would be. And even I have to look and see what years the Knicks have their picks. And of course, the Donovan Mitchell trade would eat into a lot of those. But if you were to be be able to get a first that would strategically make sense and you could get Randall and either Reddish or Quickly and then you've got whatever Derek Rose maybe you consider it there if you can get the added benefit of freeing up another draft, some more draft capital for trade. Makes sense. But again, okay. you got to get that first, and it's got to be, I, again, I need to sit down and really think about it, but it would have to be a strategically placed first-round pick in order to undo some of the damage that the Pelicans did and that Rob Pelinka accepted in terms of making sure that the Lakers couldn't move future first-round picks. You'd want to unwind some of that with the move.
2: Long story short, we be we need both New York teams to figure out their lives.
1: Figure out life, Nixon and Nets. Come on, and Jazz. But, um, yeah. <laughs> well, let's continue to talk about trades. Let's get into the mailbag here Great. because our first question has to do with this. And, again, I, I just said – I'm assuming you agree. Uh, the Knicks trade is, is the dead last for me in terms of trade options. Uh, are, are you with me on that?
2: Absolutely. I mean okay. – the indiana deal no brainer and utah's got a bunch of pieces i like if that deal falls through um i'd explore stuff with san antonio at that point if those two don't work out and then yeah it's uh it's definitely new york at the bottom there okay
1: and again maybe the benefit is you don't have to give up draft capital but we'd have to see but Mm -hmm. uh iron duds in our mailbag, sent into my uh, my Instagram account at Trevor Lane NBA, said the Jazz trade makes more sense than any other besides Kyrie. Love the show. Do you agree with that? Should I mean we've been talking a ton about Buddy Heald and Miles Turner and how they would fit. Yep, I I think I might agree. Like if you can get so Utah has so many different guys that you could fit into a deal. It just makes a lot of sense to do something with the Jazz if a Kyrie trade is not, is not available. I mean, Mike Conley, Patrick Beverly, Jordan Clarkson, boyan Bogdanovich, uh, Malik Beasley. There's somebody I'm leaving out there. Uh, Rudy Gay might, could be in the mix there. Jared, Jared they're, Vanderbilt. They're, uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Sure. I think Utah will be. probably popular. want to keep him. They, but... They'll probably want to keep but but that's a name that's, that's in there too. There's a lot of different pieces that Utah could put together into a deal. That's really intriguing. I think I, probably have them second but again it depends on what kind of draft capital has to go out
2: yeah i mean what's the utah trade that we're talking about here um you just named off a bunch of guys obviously the lakers aren't going to be able to trade for all of them yeah um i'm thinking best case scenario you can probably pull three rotation guys back it just depends what three rotation guys are you getting i think for me personally bojan has to be in any deal just the six eight six eight sniper um i absolutely want him in a deal um Depending on what happens with THT and none, if they're rolled into this deal or not, I probably want Patrick Beverly back as well as my point guard. Um, That's two. And then I'm particularly high on Malik Beasley. So that's the other piece I'd want. If you're telling me I can get Bojan, Malik Beasley, and Patrick Beverly for Russell Westbrook draft equity and maybe THT or none, I'd strongly consider that.
1: So Bogdanovich, 19.5 million. Malik Beasley, Mm 15.5. Patrick Beverly, 13 million. Adding up a decent amount of salary there. Um, if the Jazz said has to be Mike Conley, we're not doing Patrick Beverly. I mean, are you willing to accept now, Mike Conley? If you're looking at the the chart, twenty four point three million dollars for season after next. Now it's it's uh, italicized there because it's not guaranteed, mm-hmm. but it's not even in a good way. It's like fourteen point three ish million guaranteed. So it's not like it's not like it's one million guaranteed where you're just going to say, cool, it's basically an expiring contract and, and you can cut them loose and move on. It's a solid chunk of change guaranteed there for that season, even if it isn't the full amount. Are you willing to take back Mike Conley in a, in a Utah deal for, for Russ?
2: If this drops down a second first round pick to like a second, I, I'd consider it. Yeah.
1: So you would do two firsts if it was Patrick Beverly, Bojan Bogdanovich and uh malik beasley
2: yeah i think so i mean again to me it's just it's more bang for your buck in this situation the lakers we've talked a little bit about what does the rotation look like or how many guys are are feasible in the playoff series Mm -hmm. um i think this still gives you i mean at worst at least two guys right
1: yeah yeah and i like bogdanovich's shooting beverly is not a He's not a high volume shooter, but he shoots a decent enough percentage. Teams have to at least respect him back there. And, point and, of attack uh,
2: defense, I love that.
1: Point of attack defense, absolutely. And Beasley can shoot as well. Uh, so that's you've got some interesting stuff there from from Utah. And I think that Iron Duds here is is onto something with that. Really though, for me, if it was you can have Buddy Hield and Miles Turner or that grouping, it may just come down to what has to go out. From mm-hmm. the Lakers in order in order to get that. Is it is one two firsts and one is two firsts and or a first and two seconds? Cause then I probably lean towards the first and two seconds option.
2: I think so too. I mean, and then again, um I'm not I am not entirely too sure. Like maybe the Lakers have to send out like a Wenyon or a Stanley salary-wise to help make the jazz deal work, but presumably if you keep THT and none, um the Lakers could conceivably go pull the Buddy Hield or um, Eric Gordon deal and still pick up another shooter. Um, I think that's an avenue that's that's definitely worth exploring. I, again, I'd have to look down and sit. I have to sit and look down and what's actually coming in and out for the Lakers. Right. But my whole thing this off has been trade Russ and turn them into as many players as you can. And so yeah. if the Jazz are able to do this with this many guys, I'm I, I'm pretty sure I'm leaning that way
1: competent players that you can you can get out there on the floor and remember the lakers do currently have one roster spot open Mm -hmm. one full roster spot um they have a non-guaranteed well two technically non-guaranteed austin reeves and winning gabriel but can't imagine austin reeves being cut just for roster space but as of right now they can absorb one more person so you could send out two players get back three do something like that but uh, i think that jazz option is interesting but again just like just like with everything the Jazz deal can't happen until Donovan <laughs> Mitchell is traded. Uh, right. A Knicks deal can't happen until Donovan Mitchell is traded. A Kyrie Irving deal can't happen until Kevin Durant is traded. And everybody is just sitting around staring at each other in the NBA right now. While fans are just screaming internally, <laughs> watching watching the paint dry because because there is no there's no deadline here.
2: Can I? Trading um, camp
1: is so far away. It's it's created a problem. Like if there was if there was some sort of a trade deadline coming up, let's say August fourth, instead of being LeBron's extension date, was a trade deadline. You better believe things would be getting done. Instead, teams are just sitting here waiting to see what which one of them blinks.
2: Can I just say thank God for baseball trade deadline these these uh, past <laughs> few days? Um, I, I've needed my fix for some player movement, and so I've been I've been like just religiously scrolling since we have our friends at Dodger Blue who are that's uh, right currently freaking out over whether or not is Juan Soto coming to LA? Is Shohei Otani somehow going to come here? What other player are the Dodgers involved in? So uh, thank God at least one LA team is active in trade talks right now because otherwise I'd be going insane.
1: Is it just me or do the Dodgers have the vibe the Lakers kind of used to have? Oh, yeah. You you felt like at any given moment they could go get any guy.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, what what a concept to have a a well-run organization that manages their payroll and has – assets down the line to trade well and for, is also very
1: willing to spend and when, very
2: willing to spend
1: when need be yeah oh, that that's certainly been been frustrating for uh for lakers fans but again you know we'll see what they what they do ultimately what kind of trade that it could be that patience does indeed pay off but you mentioned player movement and all that and i got this question that came in i didn't tell you about this one ahead of time uh, on purpose Ooh, surprise. so anything on a lakers nation <laughs> fantasy league <laughs> You and I have been talking fantasy football quite a bit. We did a Lakers nation fantasy football league last year. I think that we need to do this again this year.
2: Oh, I just assumed we were. So the answer is yes. I would love to. Um, For anyone listening out there, if you're in a fantasy football, um, It was a good time last year. I I had a blast. Um, That was cool getting to know some of the guys that joined last year. And so um, I'm sure Trevor and I will work out some details, but I'm assuming it'd probably be the same similar uh, fashion how we did it last year, right? So here's the thing. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Okay.
1: Between Lakers Nation and front office, and now we're starting up Raptors Nation Mm -hmm. with all all of that coming and all the other stuff, and I'm already – leading a couple of different dynasty leagues um i need somebody to really run
2: this
1: (laughs) and i'm Uh, thinking i can't think anybody better to just take the reins than than matt the optimist since you did do a lot of stuff to set it up last year i did but i still acted as the the commish i i think this should just be the matt the optimist
2: league and then i'll promote however you want oh an optimist league i love it um, well, I, 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 guess this is me graciously accepting on the spot. All uh, right. There we go. I, I love fantasy football guys. It's a blast. It says it's a really good way to kill time until the NBA season starts. And then once you've got both leagues going basketball and football, it's like, it's just the best time of the year. October's the best sports month.
1: Oh, it's fun. It's, it's so, so fun. Um, yeah. So what we'll have to do, it will do. And again, this will be Matt. will set this all up, but I'm gonna, I would imagine we'll just have some info coming out soon. Uh, in terms of how you can apply to join the Lakers Nation Fantasy Football League, and we'll set it up. Maybe we'll do an entry fee for charity again, like we did, like we did last year, That's something right. like that. But but Matt will come up with the, with the details and uh, and tune in because we will start promoting soon, and then we'll put this league together, figure out a draft date and all that, and we'll we'll have some fun playing some fantasy football together.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've already started to see some injuries trickle out of training camp. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. that a draft date would have to be closer to the actual season opener when yes. my Rams take yeah. on the Bills. Uh shameless plug in there. Um Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm um, the wheels are already turning. I, I think we can make this a really fun year for fantasy football.
1: Right on. All right. I like it. I like it. So more to come on that one. And again, we'll draft closer to the the start of the season. It's um I'm, I'm doing a couple of dynasty drafts right now, or you and I have one. We have one next week. week. Yeah. Where you and I have basically all the picks.
0: That's right.
1: <laughs> but
2: we are both Sam Presti.
1: Yeah, we uh, we have we have accumulated all the draft picks ever, and uh, and we're going to basically control that draft. But uh, so this is all fresh in mind right now. But yeah, let's let's do our actual draft sometime closer to the season starting. Uh, let's get into another question here, though. From uh, Nathan Morrissey said, besides being obviously Kobe, who is the next greatest Laker of all time? Who's the Gloat? Ever. Do you have Kobe as the greatest Laker of all time?
2: I mean, so here's here's the tricky part about this question is that I I haven't I'm I'm a I'm a very young 28 years old so I haven't been able to watch all the past Laker greats like Jerry West Curry Magic James Worthy I only know them through highlights um, past games on like you know ESPN Classic and stuff so to me he's almost the default I think if I even I feel like you know resume wise and and his impact and obviously I know there might be some. uh some extra points here because of his passing so we remember him a lot more fondly but I, I still feel like it probably is kobe if i had to if i had to you know really go through it just you know five titles i don't have to go through the whole resume right it's just right. um we know it. yeah th- everyone knows it so I, for me for me it's probably kobe um and so i think you know just based on the other resume i'd probably have to guess magic is the runner up i'm sure that's probably where you lean to
1: yeah yeah and, and i and i can add even a little bit more into that because I grew up during the Showtime era. I grew up as a magic, like Magic Johnson was my favorite player Mm -hmm. growing up. I've talked about this before, but I mean, when Magic Johnson came back in what was that? 96, I went and got every newspaper headline, you know, I could find and had them plastered up all over the walls of my bedroom. I was so excited that Magic Johnson was coming back. And I, I freaked out when he, when he put that fake on the Charles Sprewell and everything like that was amazing. And Kobe Bryant is the greatest Laker of all time. I, I mean, Mm-hmm. 20 years it's just you can't it's it's hard to compete with that but yes i would have magic johnson as the the runner-up as greatest laker of all time because of the impact that he made the impact he made not just in la but for the sport uh obviously setting the style the tone showtime all of that kind of stuff putting the lakers on the map like that all of that stuff certainly matters i still have kobe as number number one um a lot of that is because of two decades in, in, in purple and gold but I do have Magic as well as the next greatest Laker of all time. Uh, Here's an interesting question. Said, biggest X factor, AD's health or Russell Westbrook departing. So -hmm. what is more important to the ultimate success or failure of the Lakers this season?
2: You know, it's funny. I think both of us agreed prior to jumping on here that it was probably AD's health. Yeah. Um, But now that I'm starting to think about it... um, I, I honestly do think it's still AD, but I think this question is a lot closer than I originally thought just because Westbrook's departure is entirely dependent on what's coming back for the Lakers. Sure. Um, you tell me Westbrook is going to get traded for Kyrie and Joe Harris or Seth Curry or whatever, you know, you can probably argue that that, that might weigh more for the Lakers. All, I mean, let's, let's face it, though. Like None of this works if, if AD is not healthy. Just none of it. It all blows up. Uh, we can talk about the roster construction. We can talk about how much shooting do they have. Do they have enough? Do they have enough defense? Et cetera. But if AD is not healthy, none of this, none of this matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that that's why I still need AD, but I think this question's a lot closer depending on the return you get for Russell Westbrook.
1: I think if you keep Russell Westbrook and you get a great season out of AD, your ceiling is still capped. Mm-hmm. Right? You're still probably what a best even let's say you get bubble Anthony Davis. And you get a healthy season from a relatively healthy LeBron season, you're probably, and you don't do anything else to this roster, you're probably capped at what a second round exit. Probably. Whereas if you move Russ and you get the right stuff back and you get that great season from AD, who knows? I mean, you get Kyrie and you could potentially talk about a championship. Maybe, you know, again, if everything goes right, I'm not saying it's a lock or they'd even be the favorites, they wouldn't, but maybe that could be a, a discussion. But, in either scenario, if you don't get that top-tier play from AD, if you don't get a healthy AD from the bulk of the season, if you get another injury-plagued season, if you, get a, if you get 41 games out of Anthony Davis in an 82-game season, in either scenario, I think you're, you're dead in the water.
2: Uh, yeah, I agree. Like you do the Miles Turner buddy heel deal. You talk about any of the uh, the jazz permutations on a deal we just talked about. Yeah. None of it matters if Anthony Davis plays half that season.
1: You're not getting anybody where you can say, well, if AD gets hurt, this guy's going to fill him. Like, okay, hey, Julius Randle, if you go do that deal, in theory, he could go step into that Anthony Davis minutes or whatever but he's not going to drag you to the plate like anthony davis is the defensive force on you know on that end of the floor he's blocking shots at the rim he's doing all kinds of crazy stuff there but then he can also provide the offensive output that you need as well and i, I just there's no replacing him there's no replacing him so if he's not healthy you're probably done for anyway so that, that i'm leaning that side
2: okay makes sense
1: uh all right last question i thought this was an interesting one we look at this roster build Do you think, with all the young signings, the Lakers will lack veteran leadership, especially in the playoffs? So the Lakers focused on younger players. Everybody signed so far has been under 30 years old. Juan Toscano Anderson, 29, has been the oldest player. You've got some guys like Troy Brown's, what, 22? Lonnie Walker's, 23. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thomas Bryan is, I want to say, 25 or so. Same for Damian Jones. So these guys that they're bringing in, have all been? I mean, it's been the opposite of what we saw last season. Does that create some other issues, though, in terms of a lack of experience, particularly if this team does make a playoff push?
2: Um, I don't want to say it's overblown because that sounds like it's not important. I obviously think that having a veteran on your team is good just as a locker room guy and mm-hmm. someone to mentor the young guys on your roster. But, I mean, presumably you, you'd have to assume that um, LeBron and AD can kind of fill that role a little bit. Um, you don't really think of them because they're superstars as you know the the veteran leaders, but in actuality, that's what they are. So, um, I think the Lakers, if if they have you know they're sitting at the trade deadline um, or like past the trade deadline, they still have an open roster spot. Mm-hmm. Maybe they want to add someone. Like maybe it's Carmelo Anthony. Who knows? Um, then I can see them using that spot for that. But really, like I think the priority will always be get me guys that I can throw on the floor. And, and make an impact versus just, you know, having, you know, like the Udonis Haslam guy on our team. Right. I don't really necessarily think that's, you know, for every team per se. And while I think the Lakers could use that guy, it's just, you know, not my priority for one of those spots. I can see the benefit
1: of it. Yeah. I don't think that's going to prevent them from getting into the playoffs. And I don't right. think getting that guy would put them into the playoffs. I think that's the, you need guys who are going to be able to contribute throughout the course of the season. And I think it would be beneficial to have a a Rondo, a Jared Dudley, that that type of guy on your roster. I think that would certainly help, particularly if you could find somebody who has experience with Darvin Ham as well, who can help Mm -hmm. kind of carry that message. That's what we talked about, your guy Wesley Matthews, players like that. Um, But.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: When you look at this Lakers roster, given Darvin Ham and how many times you've talked about, Matt, about wanting to run through that brick wall like Kool-Aid man style for him. Oh, yeah. I think, and this is, this is again, we don't know what Darvin Ham is like as a head coach, but my initial impression is that a Darvin Ham-led team will be less reliant on veteran players in the locker room than mm-hmm. a Frank Vogel-led team would be.
2: You know, that's a great point, and I I'm glad you brought that up because Frank Vogel... I think he had talked about it previously. He wanted to line up former players on his bench because he doesn't have that experience in the NBA. He came up as a video coordinator, but Darvin Ham was obviously a player in this league. He won a title with the Pistons. He is very, you know, presumably he's, he has a really easy way to connect with players because he's been there, done that. So I think you're right. I think it, it matters maybe a little less. It's it's hard to quantify these things, but just given what the steps he's taken to talk to players like, you know, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, he's even talked to some of the young guys. I know he's already been in people like Damian Jones this year about how important he's going to be. I, I think he's got that role a little bit locked up. Obviously, it's different when you're a player versus a coach, but I think Darvin Ham is probably one of those coaches where you can feasibly say he bridges the gap a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that would be that gives me a little bit less concern over that sort of role not being filled. And I think that this is also the type of role where if, and when the dust settles on Russell Westbrook, right? Whatever the trade is, like, let's say, you, let's say it's a trade and you bring back Mike Conley. Okay. Maybe that checks some of that box there, right? Sure. For, for a veteran leader. I'm not saying that's the ideal trade, but maybe you can check the box with a deal like that. Maybe it's miles Turner and buddy healed. Maybe it's, you know, whatever happens, Kyrie Irving, When the dust settles, the Lakers can take stock of where they're at, how many roster spots they have available, and then you can go from there. If you decide you need that one more veteran guy, you can probably go find that guy. Maybe, like you said, Carmelo Anthony could be somebody like that. But until that point, with the roster the Lakers have right now, you can't use that 15th and final roster spot on this until you know exactly what's coming back in any kind of a trade that you may or may not be able to pull off before training camp.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We don't know what a Kyrie Irving deal looks like. Um, mm-hmm. If You know, you have to throw in THT and none, that presumably opens up another spot, right? Uh, you've got some flexibility there. I, I've been of the mindset that Lakers are probably going to keep that 15 spot open like they, they generally have just yeah. so they have some flexibility coming into the season. Maybe they sign a 10-day guy they like and they want to sign him for the rest of the year. All the Stanley Johnson option. Uh, maybe someone comes loose during the buyout market after the trade deadline. That's another option as well. So Um, We'll see. It's it's not a pressing need. I definitely can see why it benefits, but I think again the whole issue here is just the Lakers need good players or competent players at least, and so uh, it's not very high on my to-do list if I was them.
1: Players who physically can be on the floor. (laughs) When you look at the list of free agents who are out there, and how many of them are on last year's Lakers roster, a lot of them. That's that's a big need, guys who are competent NBA players at this stage in their life. So, that's an important thing. Absolutely. All right, Matt. I think we should wrap things up there. Thanks for coming on here, and thanks for letting me uh, put you on the spot about uh, fantasy football.
2: <laughs> uh, you just—it's my weakness. It's uh, it's, its the <laughs> Dave Chappelle like scratching GIF. You know what I mean? Like I—I I wasn't like I think nine leagues last year.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay, that's worse than me.
2: Yeah, it's just you know when you get that text where it's like, "Oh, we need one."
1: Oh yeah. I'm, you, I'm all right. Sign me up.
2: Yeah, I'm the girl that didn't have a date to prom, so I'm just saying yes to anyone that asks. That's that's me.
1: Nice job, right under the buzzer, but you got the relationship hour. analogy in there. Well done.
2: It was a prom one, you know, you know, not to tangent someone, but I was someone's backup prom date, so I'm used to being like the second option. No, you I were was. not. I was. How does that even happen? They flaked last minute. Something about an emergency came up and so she didn't want to go alone. And so there I was, just available.
1: Just chill aren't there like romantic comedies that, that work out that way and stuff like that?
2: Uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, it didn't work out like that. I'll tell you that much.
1: No, I mean, like, wasn't there wasn't that an episode of Friends or something like that oh, where probably. Like, Ross boss was gonna be Rachel's backup date when her date didn't show up or something? My wife loves friends, so she watches it all the time. I but figured. Something like that like that happened and and then the date showed up at the last minute or so but you got to be that huh
2: I did I've uh, I've got yeah. a lot of experience as the backup <laughs> <laughs> Well I'm the backup commissioner for the fantasy league since you're we so busy so there you go <laughs> no,
1: Now you're moving into the starting lineup you're the starting commissioner <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> for the for the fantasy league but Oh man. Well, I'm what a glad great way to met. close this off. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now we, we heard a, a relationship analogy from Matt and we got to hear about you being the backup date for, for, for
2: prom. I didn't know that was a thing. I it was, I, I didn't know until that happened either. So there you go. No. Yeah. All right. Well,
1: in any event, Lakers nation, don't make us your backup. Make us your, your, your first listen. Make sure you are downloading uh, our shows over on Apple Podcasts or subscribing anyway over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And of course, make sure you do follow us over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.